0: Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a a.NET domain name. The place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice, whether you're just getting started or looking to grow. That's keepdreamingup.net.
1: A truly extraordinary night at FedEx Forum, capped off with a spectacular, grisly win and a complete meltdown from the world champion Golden State Warriors. We'll talk about it, what it means. And one heck of a 2-0 start from the Memphis Grizzlies. You are Locked on Grizzlies.
2: Locked on Grizzlies. Your daily podcast on the Memphis Grizzlies. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Hi everybody. Welcome into Locked on Grizzlies for this Monday. And what a weekend. What a Saturday night down in Forum. I am Peter Edmiston. I was there. Hope you were there too. To see uh, what was uh, really a, a fun night in so many ways. To see this team kind of like, I'm not going to say blossom or anything like that because it's still early, but to have already overachieved, to already be ahead of the curve based on what anybody could reasonably expect, it's very impressive uh, to say the least. We're going to talk uh, on the podcast today about some of the specifics of that, some of the specifics of the incredible bench play, Marcus Saul. Uh, with a really tremendous outing where he carried uh, the, the starters, really mostly at the free throw line. Um, Mike Conley's great fourth quarter. Um, Dylan Brooks continues to be uh, a revelation. James Ennis was was huge. Chandler Parsons had good minutes. Uh, that bench unit all the way around is, is so good. So all of that to discuss. KD getting kicked out. Steph Curry getting kicked out, throwing his mouthpiece at the referee. Man, all that stuff. Uh, It was a a hell of a night. Hell of a night top to bottom. So we're going to bring all that to you. Brought to you by our friends over at Outdoors Inc. Outdoors Inc. is the place, and this is the time. Great sale going on right now. But not only that, great gear is available at all times. So you go and you want to get your Patagonia. You want to get your North Face. You want to get uh, some of the latest and greatest of the Yetis. You want to get one of those great coolers. Over the weekend, I happened to uh, go hang out with a buddy of mine. A few of my buddies, actually. And uh, we were chit-chatting and cracking open a few cold ones. And I have to say that um, one of my buddies had one of the those brand new Yetis with the soft side. And whoo, it is so awesome. Because we were in, you know, I don't, want to get into details we're in this kind of this outdoor area that was a little bit warm it was a, it was a kind of a warm weekend at least saturday was and so um you know we're, we're just hanging out and it's it's a little bit warm and, and you reach into that cooler and it is that ice has been there for like days it's still there and the drinks amazingly cold it, it's it's like oh this is this is why you get the cooler this is what you want this is what you want no leaking no nothing it's it's awesome so that's just one of those things that made me think of Outdoors Inc. because they've got all that. You can get, I mean, look look at the selection. Just go, look at the selection. There'll be something that you want. I promise you, uh, over there, not only all that, great customer service. And if you go to their website, OutdoorsInc.com, and use my promo code L O Grizzlies, not only are you going to support the pod, not only are you going to support yourself, but you're going to save 10% off your entire order. Whatever you get, you're going to knock 10% off the price. That could save you a whole bunch of money, depending on what you're going to buy. Use the code liberally. Use it. Enjoy it. You will thank me. And uh, most importantly, you'll thank the folks over there because they're going to get you some great stuff. It is Outdoors Inc. Five great Memphis area locations, including Jackson and online at outdoorsinc.com. Use that promo code LOGrizzlies and save 10%. Well, now let's get down to it. Grizzlies Warriors and yeah I don't know what I necessarily expected in this ball game coming in but I didn't expect to see what we saw this was a game that the Grizzlies frankly dominated I mean the Grizzlies took a lead in that second quarter and, and never looked back and end up winning by 10 111-101 but the, the game was relatively in hand for most of it, capped off, of course, by the 15-0 run at the beginning of the second half that really saw the Grizzlies establish a pretty comfortable lead and hang with it for the rest of the ball game. Marcus Saul, the standout performer, 34 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, a steal, two blocks, did turn the ball over seven times, but... Most notably, he gets to the foul line 17 times and makes 16 of them. 16 of 17 at the foul line. That's how you score 34 points on just 16 shots. 2 of 4 also from 3 for Mark. Everyone else chipping in as needed. James Ennis, the second leading scorer with 13 points, 6 of 6 from the field. And he had a really excellent ball game on, on both ends. Was good defensively did exactly what he needed to do offensively and most of his points, and most of those baskets came right at the basket. That's why you're 6 of 6. When you do that, Tyreek Evans with 12 points. You're going to hear from Tyreek coming up later on in the podcast. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him after the game. Mike Conley, Mario Chalmers with 10 points each. Wasn't a great night for Mike Conley uh, offensively, but when he needed to come up big, he did. He uh, hit a 3 in the second half. He uh, was better in the fourth quarter. And you know, he helped orchestrate, which uh, you know, sometimes that's the way that it's going to be. But it was a night where Marcus all had the matchups. Marcus all, in the, in the way that the, the Warriors play with the size, um, along the, the wings and with their ease of switching, it, it does make it uh, a little bit more likely that that Mark is going to end up with better advantages. And in the way the Grizzlies ran their offense, you know, we talked about. I guess uh, on Thursday's pod, talking about the way the Grizzlies were starting to use uh, a more liberal dose of you know, a second screener uh, in various forms to try to establish different switches and to throw teams off. And one of the offshoots of that is against the Warriors. Marcus All ended up with a lot of matchups that he, he really liked. Warriors tended to go small. And, and Mark when he's aggressive, and he was certainly aggressive in this game. He's going to get uh, a lot of those advantages. They, they sent over double teams quite often, but uh, they were a little too aggressive and would foul Mark. And uh, he'd end up at the foul line, you know, quite a bit. That, that's, that's what you need. And, and the Grizzlies have established an offense now that's a little more versatile. And it has the opportunity, like against New Orleans, you saw Mike Conley ended up with, you know, the, the, the benefit of most of those switches. Didn't really work that way because of the size along the perimeter for the Warriors, but it did let them get better angles for the entry pass to Mark. Mark was doing some good work on the post and the Grizzlies uh, got into their offense much faster. So it allowed them to have those options and it paid off big time with a very consistent offensive output throughout the game. They really found too many lulls. You know, part of that also is because of that bench unit and man, the Grizzlies bench has outscored the opposition ninety-three to twenty in the first two ball games. Ninety-three to twenty, <sighs> crazy, crazy, but that's the way it is. And frankly, if you look at the the entire team, and, and somebody tweeted this to me, and I apologize, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but uh, somebody tweet, uh, tweeted this to me, and I think it was it was it was pretty apropos. Frankly, you could think of most of the Grizzlies team outside of Mark and Mike as bench players. It's pretty much true. I mean, if you look at the rest of the starters, you've got Andrew Harrison, Jarrell Martin, James Ennis. Uh, All of them a year ago, a few weeks ago, would have probably been considered bench players. If you look at um, the Grizzlies' projected starting lineup from most people uh, a month and a half, two months ago, it would have been Mike Conley, Ben McLemore, Chandler Parsons, Jermichael Green, Marcus All. Well, because of injury to Jermichael and because Chandler Parsons is just unable to be an effective three at this point, things change. And those guys that were going to be bench players or even not even on the team, in the case of Jarrell Martin, most people didn't think Jarrell was going to make it, uh, now they're starters. So, yeah, I guess everyone's bench player in that sense. But David Fisdell... Has really wanted and has, um, you know, demanded that that bench unit, even though it would make more sense, <clears throat> like you know, in, in theory, you'd say, oh, it makes more sense to start, you know, Tyreek, or it makes more sense to, um, you know, start Brandon Wright, or something like that. Uh, he, he wants those guys to establish chemistry together, he wants those guys, Mario and Tyreek, and all those guys to establish some chemistry, Dylan Brooks, and it has, um, I think that's really paid off. You know, they've, they've played together, they they really pick up the pace when they're in the game. It's a lot of movement, it's a lot of activity, and uh, it's paying off. It's paying off because that bench has been so good. Uh, they, they Not only did they not skip a beat, but the Grizzlies got better and were able to extend leads with the bench, which is like, what? I mean, remember last year when Mike Conley went off the floor? It was a dumpster fire. It was a hot, toxic sewage disaster when Mike Conley wasn't out there. Now Mike Conley leaves the game, and the Grizzlies, at least in terms of on/off, thus far after two games, have gotten better. Have gotten better, much better. They're 15 points per 100 possessions better when Mike Conley is off the floor through two games. Now, obviously, very, very small sample size, so don't go crazy on this just yet, but uh, the Grizzlies, at least, I, I don't know that they've ever, at any point in time, had a situation where they were that much better with Mike Conley off the floor, not since his rookie year. And even then, that was, well, I don't want to get into the whole thing with him and Kyle Lowry, that was just weird, um, but, Suffice to say, it, it it is a new day for the Grizzlies, and so much of it comes from that bench unit. Part of it was Tyreek Evans. I mentioned that he had a good game. Tyreek, on a minutes restriction, still does not know when that is going to be lifted. Uh, he says he feels fine. I talked to him uh, a little bit, and you'll hear uh, some of that conversation. But uh, I talked to him a little bit before we started rolling, and he, you know, basically just said he's he's feeling good. He's felt. Hasn't felt this good actually in years. His body fat is better than it's been in a long time. He's in better shape than he's been in a long time. But because you know he's coming off of you know, those knee injuries that he's had, and because they just want to be very, very cautious um, because of the Grizzlies experience with injuries, and God knows they've got enough. They're keeping him on a minutes restriction right now. Makes sense. Um, But it is a little frustrating for him. Nonetheless, I had a chance to talk to Tyreek, and uh, here's what he had to say after the game. You guys on the bench, and you've kind of orchestrated a lot of that. You guys have outscored opponents. I think it's 93-20 to so far this year, something like that. Um, How's the chemistry with that group? Good. I
0: mean, um... Me Rio, uh, we all. You know, first of all, the one thing I said about well, the team, we all like each other, so that's that helps a lot. You know, our energy good and a lot. You know, we joke around. Um, me and Rio and Dylan, and uh, we just try to bring the energy along the right. The whole team that come off the bench with us, we just gotta bring the energy. You know, second, if Mike and them don't, you know, boost the lead up, our job is to try to give them a little energy second and a half, and then when they come in, you know, they do, what they do.
1: How do you like the system? On the, on the defensive side, especially, it looks like you guys are really earning the, the the right to run with the ball and get up and down.
0: I love it, man. It's probably one of the best, you know, besides when I was at New Orleans with uh, Monty Williams was there. Uh, but other than that, it's probably right, you know what I'm talking about right there with the defense and and just Coach Fizz, He got organized. He got uh, organized. You um, know, we just we just moving together, playing together, sharing the ball. Guys taking open shots. You know, we playing selfish the and then we playing defense and running.
1: Are you surprised to see? Uh, a guy like Dillon, he's played you know, a bunch of minutes. He's played some you know, team key minutes, key moments, and stepped up and looks uh, like he's ready to play. All
0: right. I want to say surprise. I mean, I've seen a lot from him in uh, uh, training camp and before I was coming out here working out with the team. Uh, just the way that he moved. Um, he got great size for uh, – for, for the wings and he can play multiple positions like me, so uh, I definitely thought he was ready when I first uh, seen him playing.
1: Is that part of what you guys can do because you have so much size out there between you and him, Andrew, other guy I mean, there's James, there's you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone's well, pretty big. Everyone's
0: pretty big, but uh, me and man- him our mindset just be aggressive, you know, take what we got, you know, but also be aggressive and then that's where we we take advantage of that because uh, we come in the game we be aggressive, you know, make our miss, you know, uh, we just got to get back on defense and you know, that's pretty much it.
1: Did it, did you guys kind of get in their heads a little bit with the uh, way y'all play because I've, I've never seen. Steph throw a mouthpiece. I've
0: never seen you know KD. I mean, yeah, we was playing physical. You know, we knew that they were gonna try to come off down screens and push off of us. So we worked on it in practice. Coach did a good job with that. You know, I played against those guys a lot. I know how they how they play. You know, they don't like to be physical, but they like to grab. You know, we played the same game they play, and uh, we just you know had a better game. You
1: know, part of that bench crew is Chandler Parsons. Parsons is having uh you know what he was he had an impact in the second half of the New Orleans game. And he had impact again in this ball game, as a uh, very effective stretch of basketball by his standards. Again, you're going to have to lower those standards. You're not going to get uh, max money performance out of Chandler Parsons ever again. But, I mean, I thought coming into the season that you'd be lucky to get any kind of performance out of Chandler Parsons. So the fact that you're getting what you're getting right now is a bonus in my mind. Um, he's exceeding my expectations and giving you some productivity out there, which is more than he did last year and uh, more than I expected this year. So uh, good good for him, Good stuff for the Grizzlies and it is helpful. And if he can continue to play well and you know bump those minutes up a little bit more then uh, all the better. He still has physically the size and the versatility to be a link. Uh, that can keep things going and can help keep things moving, and he's able to move, uh, hit two threes in, in the ball game. He's, again, looking, looking much sharper, still nowhere near his absolute best or anything like that, but he played 15 minutes and was very effective in those 15 minutes. So kudos to Chandler Parsons uh, for that. He outscored Draymond Green in the game for what it's worth. It's not nothing. Warriors, whoo boy, they got uh, they got punked. Grizzlies got under their skin again. It happens a lot, and it has happened again. The worst yet, I think, uh, from Steph Curry, throwing his mouthpiece at the end of this game. And this was after he made the basket and just wanted an add-one. Um, an entitled, spoiled performance from a really good team and a really I mean normally a a classy group and I know Grizzly fans don't want to hear that but they really are they're behind the scenes and talking to them they're they're all really nice good folks um to deal with as an organization but on the court not at all <laughs> not at all not after that and Kevin Durant uh showing the ring to the uh, Grizzly fans and then after the game Steve Kerr like kind of sarcastically talking about how uh, you know he said Steph Curry should be suspended for 10 games and he must have obviously endangered fans and that's the kind that's reason that's why people don't like the Warriors. that's why just say he shouldn't have done it and be done with it don't act like he, he you're you're getting persecuted don't don't act like it would be wrong to suspend the guy for throwing a mouthpiece you can't do that it's disrespectful and it's gross on top of that don't we really want your slobber all over them. So don't act entitled, don't act persecuted, don't act spoiled, that's why people don't like you, and Grizzlies got in their heads, there's no question about it, and you heard Tyreek kind of talk about it a little bit at the end of that interview, it's not, I'm not going to say it's all of a sudden now the Grizzlies are the favorites in a series, don't go crazy, there's nothing like that, but what I am going to say is that this was a big victory for a team that needed it. And uh, you, you see, you know, Jarrell Martin playing 29 minutes in this game and, and the Grizzlies winning. You see the Grizzlies picking up the pace in this game and the Grizzlies winning. Uh, you know, Marcus Gasol playing extremely well. Free throws, rebounds, stuff we don't always see from Mark. And I asked him about that in a little bit more after the game not only won your first two, but you've held your first two opponents under 40% shooting. A little bit of a different defense from what we're used to seeing. You know, it looks like it's going well. How would you assess things so far?
2: Um, we are um, really uh, active, I uh, think, and, uh, and uh, guys are taking it you know, to heart what they're supposed to do. Um, they, they, they're competing on the ball. Um, obviously, there's a lot of mistakes made, but I think our hustle and our Determination—it's—it's uh, it's getting us through them. Even though sometimes they're going to make runs, like tonight, they, they a few times they made runs, but we lose our composure and we stick to it, and, uh, and we—we you know, pulled it off. You had seventeen free throw attempts tonight—that's the most you've ever had in, in your career. Oh, really? Was—was was
1: that part of the idea that you saw maybe Mike wasn't having uh, the best game offensively, and you took it on yourself?
2: No, I—I you? saw when I saw spaces and I saw gaps, I tried to attack him. Uh, and uh, it was simple. I, I mean, uh, Mike having a good game or a bad game, it doesn't change the fact of, you know, I have to do my job regardless of who's having a good or bad game. So it doesn't really uh, matter. If he has a good game, um, great. If he doesn't, I still got to do me. Does or doesn't, like, it doesn't change my job.
1: So let me give you a few numbers for Mark. Uh, Mark right now is uh, averaging, again, through two games. So we're talking way early. But he is giving you his best defensive rating of any season of his career, and that includes the Defensive Player of the Year season. Not right now, 94.7 points per 100 possessions allowed when he is on the floor. He has a plus 10 in net rating. Uh, his defensive rebounding rate is through the roof. His rebounding rate is, as a whole, both offensive and defensive, is is through the roof, but you know defensively he's grabbing 28% of rebounds when he's on the floor that is far and away the biggest number in his career last year it was 19% this year it's 28 so you're talking about nearly a 50% increase year over year so far offensive rebounding well that's up too that one is it's a, it's it's so early you know you can't get too crazy, but the overall rebounding rate, same thing. He averaged grabbing just ten percent. Well, ten point six. So let's round up to eleven. Eleven percent of all rebounds when he was on the floor last year. That number now nineteen percent. So you're talking about going up forty? Oh, is that, it was about eighty five percent? Crazy crazy his usage rate on the offensive end is at 33 percent this year it was 26 percent last year and that was a high number for him 24 the year before that uh and the year before that so it has gone up but he is way way over the norm right now this is all through two games so again i don't want to uh overstate it if when the grizzlies play tonight that could completely you know, tank, all this stuff, and you can go right back to to where you are. You're you're still at very, very small sample size theater. Now, not small enough that it didn't ending. you know, costing Earl Watson his job with the Suns through three games, but my God, the Suns, those three games, holy Lord, never seen anything quite like that. When you are a minus 92 through three games, you've lost two games by 40, and the sun's on a <laughs> from a Pythagorean standpoint to, uh, and that's how you use your point differential to determine how many wins, losses you're, you are to expect. That uh, Pythagorean total, I think uh, ended up at two, expecting two wins, two and 80 based on if you extrapolate that over the course of the 82 game season. That will that will get you that will get you fired. Uh, even after three games, and not only he's fired, but uh, the entire coaching staff is fired as well. So yes, it is a small sample size, but small enough, sure, to get yeah overly excited, yeah. But it can also get a guy fired, <laughs> so it's not not quite not quite that small. Um, the Grizzlies overall are playing at their fastest pace in team history, but. And I tweeted about this. Um, It's amazing because the league has sped up so much. You look at everybody now, and again, it's not necessarily fast breaks. I mean, that's, that's a small part of it, but really it's just about the entire possession. You're talking about teams that are really cranking up, getting that first shot, first good shot, letting it fly, you know, not afraid to move, not milking the clock, not, you know, pounding the ball in the, in the, in the post for 15 seconds, none of that, the Grizzlies pace, uh, at just under 100 possessions per 48, that is again, in team history, that's, that's their, their highest total, and it puts them 23rd this year in the league, that same total would have been 12th last year, would have been 8th the year before that, and would have been 2nd in the league in 14, 15, so you're talking about, you know, that's not that long ago, but it feels like ages, and that, the speed of the league, the number that would have been second in the league, now is 23rd. And even though the Grizzlies are playing at their fastest pace ever, they are still you know, very much in the bottom third of the league overall. It is a league that has sped up considerably, and even though the Grizzlies have sped up too, they're going to have to speed up even more to put themselves even at the midway point. Of the league, and I don't think the Grizzlies really can do that. I think they're they're playing at about as fast a pace as you know they can handle at the moment. You know, tonight another example against Houston, a team that can absolutely speed it up, can absolutely fire off shots early in the in the shot clock, and a team that you know now without um, Chris Paul, probably for the entire run of Grizzly games. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty bizarre you know, the Grizzlies played them in preseason. They play them tonight. They play them Saturday night at the forum, play them again at two weeks from Saturday night. And then another week, three Saturdays, three of the first five Saturdays of the season are games against the Houston Rockets. It's kind of crazy, right? But that's, that's where we're at. Um, so as a result, the, the Grizzlies exhaust all of their games against Houston uh, by November 18th, which means that this stretch of time without Chris Paul, and it looks like Chris Paul is going to be out for a month or in that neighborhood, that means that the entire run of Grizzly games against Houston will mean that they will not play against Chris Paul at all this year. In all likelihood, the Grizzlies will not see the Chris Paul Rockets that probably is not as good of news as you might think you know by the by the sound of it you think oh okay great but if you've watched Houston play uh, they they looked better even when he was healthy they looked better without Chris Paul and uh, I, I think you know now that he's he's out uh, you know James Harden is playing really well. They've got a good group around him. I, I think they'll be extremely dangerous. And another you know great test for the Grizzlies. If the Grizzlies can go into Houston and win tonight, go to three and zero, having beaten Golden State and Houston in the mix, then you know no no knock on New Orleans, but you're talking about a significant step up in competition. If you can throw those two in there. Now you are you you are getting some serious attention around the league, and it's and it's nice because you know the Grizzlies do play Dallas twice. They'll play Dallas in a home and home uh, Wednesday and Thursday of this week, then wrapping it up with Houston again at the Forum on Saturday. But Dallas is starting the season really poorly, really poorly. They have looked. Uh, pretty awful in, in most cases, and they've missed Dennis Smith a couple times. Um, you know, he's been out with injury, and um, even when he's played, it's not as if they've been spectacular, but that that roster, you look it up and down, and yikes. So the Grizzlies may be catching the, the Mavs at a very good time too, and you may be able to sneak out a couple wins this week from them. It, it's all of a sudden a daunting start. In theory, but in execution, so far so good for the Grizzlies. Now things will change and you know it's it's way, 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 way early to start making any kind of sweeping evaluations of the team. But it's it's been a pleasant surprise to watch how well this defense has played. Grizzlies are ninth right now in defensive rating in the league, and they were first in uh, defensive rating in the preseason. In that ninth total, you know, remember who they've played. They've played two really good offensive teams this year in, in New Orleans and Golden State. So you can, you know, early in the year that that number is going to be severely affected by the the opposition. And given who the Grizzlies have played, that's a really strong number. Grizzlies have been excellent in transition defense, uh, looking at the synergy numbers. That's an area of big improvement already this year. And against Golden State, you could see how they got back and they really stifled the ability uh, of that team to run. They are well ahead of the curve uh, in, in transition so far this year. They are also um, you know, playing in terms of the ability to switch. You know, you're seeing more and more switching from the Grizzlies and uh, more effective Switching one through four and even one through five uh, when Marcus All's not out there been a been a good look been a uh, an overhaul to some extent because it's definitely totally it's different as you heard Marcus All talk about it's different than anything they've run in the grit and grind era they're not doing that anymore everything is different uh, David Fisdell kind of tasked uh, J B Bickerstaff to really overhaul a lot of aspects of that defensive front and what they did. And it's, it has, it has been, uh, I think paying dividends for the first couple of games at least. And I would, I would expect that to continue. You, you see a lot of the size athleticism and switchability coming into play and it's causing problems. It is, it is causing problems. So as long as they can keep communicating, keep making that work, uh, that's going to continue to be a problem for a lot of teams and, Houston uh maybe among them that's been good the bench has been spectacular uh, I mean just overall so good so much better than you had any right to expect and uh, that will uh, if that can continue I, I don't see any reason why I can't these guys have come in and played with a lot of confidence and played with a lot of speed and you know, there's a lot of uh there's there's a lot of in some ways redundancy, but also that's that's a good thing because it, it keeps the, the level of play pretty high uh, from from one to the other. I think overall the Grizzlies have got to be very thrilled about uh, how they've started the season. Again, a big test tonight in Houston. I'll be fascinated to see how it all plays out. We'll talk about it uh, on tomorrow's pod. If you liked what you heard, you enjoyed the pod, please let me know. Uh, at peter edmiston on twitter you can email me as well p edmiston p-e-d-m-i-s-t-o-n at gmail.com you can uh please and i appreciate those of you that have left reviews and uh ratings and five star ratings on itunes that stuff really really helps tremendously appreciate that Appreciate all you guys for for being part of the pod, and uh, we will do it again tomorrow. In the meantime, thank you very much. Have a great Monday, and we'll chat again here on Locked on Grizzlies. What you doing? ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal.